Welcome back to the Book People, where I interview people whose lives and careers revolve around books. I'm your host Ashwarya, and today we are talking about bookstores. So I've always wanted to own a bookstore. I have spent so many hours just sitting in bookstores, browsing through books and bestsellers, and trying not to spend all of my money on books. But today, I'm going to talk to someone who actually made this dream a reality. So Radhika Tambadia is the founder of Champaka, an independent bookstore in Bangalore. And we're going to chat about all the work and research that went into opening this store and how it has survived during the pandemic. I mean, it's not just survived, it's actually become one of the biggest, most successful indie bookstores in India right now. And they have their own online store and they opened a fun subscription box. So more than anything else, Radhika has really been able to create this like literary haven for all writers and readers and book lovers and publishers to gather together. So talking about writers, if you're a budding writer looking to elevate your writing by learning new advanced tips and techniques, you should check out our fiction writing online classes conducted by our beloved Bound instructor Michelle DeCosta. So these classes are live, they're online. And in these classes, Michelle can really teach you how to read and analyze great works of fiction and how to incorporate those techniques into your own writing. And you will get feedback on your work as well. So if this is something that you find exciting, you can find more details about our online classes on our website, or you can check out the link in the description below. But right now, Let's talk to Radhika about how bookstores really foster reading and how they are basically the backbone of the publishing industry. Radhika also gives me some really fun insights into her life as a bookstore owner and how she decides which books to sell. So let's tune in. Hi Radhika and welcome to the book people. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> yeah. So one of my first questions to you is that, you know, there are so many books out there. There are so many books being published in India, you know, even internationally. So how do you decide which books to sell? Yeah, I get this question a lot because we have yeah. a small collection that we curate quite uh, quite a lot to uh, keep that collection updated and the way we want it to be. So we, when we started, we decided uh, we had some criteria that we wanted to follow uh, that we wanted to bring in certain kinds of diversity. So we thought about what does that mean? Like, what does diversity mean? It's such an often used word. Uh, So like geographical, race, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, language, like what, what are the different aspects that we're looking at? So we made a list of all the ways that we wanted to look at it. And we haven't, of course, managed to do all of that yet, but it's a work in progress. So we like we wanted to make sure that we have lots of women authors. We wanted to make sure that we have a good representation of subjects that are not necessarily or themes that are not necessarily represented, or if they are, they're kind of hidden. So we always talk have a like a shelf on caste and feminism and certain aspects of history. So um, again, it's it's very subjective. It's what what we felt that we could bring a focus uh, on at Champaka and and what we could do well so it's 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 personal but uh also as thought out as we could make it 
Yeah, and I've actually noticed that, you know, because I noticed that you have, obviously, like, you categorize books by genre, but you have these collections on topics, like, you know, you have caste, you have feminism, you have queer stories, you have humor, and I found that very, very interesting, because obviously, you know, as a reader, I read by genre, but I really miss... Or I, I think that is something that's really missing in the way we categorize books. Because I really like reading, say, you know, uh, strong women characters, yeah. you know, or like multiple perspectives. And I feel like when books are sort of categorized according to that, it makes it much easier to find sort of the next book that I would want to read. Uh, even though you have a small collection, it's still a pretty vast collection. So do you read all the books that you sell? I mean, I don't know if it's possible for me to read all the books. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, so Chapuka is, is, is not just me. There's Nirika who, who works with me for the last year. And there have been people who've been advising and being part of this process from the beginning. So we all read a lot. And I think what is really exciting for us is that we've approached uh, book selling from the perspective of a reader. Uh, uh, and and that's why we do these collections. We have so much fun doing them. Like so, they're the, the more serious collections that this whole nonfiction fiction section that we keep working on. But like uh, there was a month where we curated uh, a collection on books about cats or books that have cats in them. And last month we did that's a small. So exciting. Yeah, it was so fun, and we did a small selection of uh, books set by the sea uh, last last month because. Um, I mean, everybody was talking about going to Goa. Everybody, or they either wanted to go yes. to Goa or wanted to be by the beach. Or I said, okay, let's create. And there was fiction, there was non-fiction, there was geology, there was all kinds of you know fun topics coming together. So we really approach that as readers, and we of course read as much as we can, and then we just you know take a call on the rest. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds you know great because obviously I understand it's impossible to read all the books. Because if we had the time to read all the books in the world, we would, right? <laughs> As book lovers. Yeah. But do, you know, awards or reviews or literary criticism, like do those factors play a role in your decision making, you know, or your selection? So, I mean... While we do approach this as readers, it's not our personal collection. We do, we are a bookstore, so it does yeah. it, it does affect us. Uh, it also the themes that the books are about also affects us, and we're not we're not uh, we also like to treat our readers as intelligent readers. So we don't believe in in banning books unless books are outrightly talking about hate or. Or, you know, we have to draw a line somewhere and we decide where to draw that line. But we don't believe in uh, uh, treating our readers as unintelligent people. They should be able to make the choices that they want. So yeah. uh, all of these things, of course, make a difference to uh, whether we stalk and multiply. We're, we're also learning. We're only one and a half years old. So it, it was a process that we're like, uh, should we get multiple copies? Should we not get multiple copies? You know, how, how will this uh, work? So uh, we're still figuring yeah. that out as we go. Yeah, so that is something, you know, that I'm definitely curious about because it's not just, okay, which books do we sell, but it's also how many copies of this book do we buy? Like how many copies do we think this book is going to sell? You know, what are readers wanting to read right now? What are the trends in the market? So I'm really, really curious about how you sort of uh, gauge those things or how you make these kind of decisions. 
because you know i'm also thinking about how in india there's not much of data as such available about publishing right or about like statistics about reading habits or all of those things not as much as it is in say the us so how are you sort of able to take those calls absolutely so like i said we're still learning how to do that and uh the thing is the books that are best sellers in other places are not best sellers with us uh so we we uh, sell say 500 book single copies of different books rather than 500 copies of one book which just means more work for us because we have to keep <laughs> getting four different kinds of books but it's 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 also what we actually set out to do uh so it's it's interesting and we're also learning as we go and like we the processes have slowly been put into place as we've learned what to do uh like our reading patterns changed a lot uh during this pandemic like we used to sell a lot of non fiction even i was surprised in the first year we used to sell a lot of non fiction uh but in in during the pandemic we've sold uh, a lot of fiction we've sold a lot more cookbooks we've sold uh, oh. uh uh indian fiction we've sold international fiction humor romance things that we didn't sell that much before crime uh so it it's been quite interesting to learn those patterns and then expand those collections based on uh, what we have we also interestingly sold a lot of indian uh, poetry which uh, i i wasn't expecting at all so uh, again we we made sure that we have a good collection of uh, indian poetry yeah. indian poets available so uh, we just have to learn as we go so uh, one of my colleagues nilika is very excited by some of the young adult literature that's coming out but we have to make a lot of effort to actually sell that and i was very surprised because i thought like, there's so much amazing stuff coming out i thought that would be the first to go but it's not maybe the users are actually going to on other online sites or uh, uh they already know what they want and there are a lot of sequels so you know uh, we our yeah. uh, assumptions are constantly being challenged like you said it's only been one and a half years and i think one of the best things i mean i wouldn't know i'm guessing one of the best things of you know owning a bookstore or creating a space like this is to learn on the go right is to so- sort of try new things have the freedom to try new things and then figure out what works what doesn't you know what you can stick to what you can't and i also know that you know you, a lot of research and a lot of sort of planning went into even opening this bookstore right because i know that yeah. you know you plan for almost two and a half years so you did so many things right so you interned at a children's bookstore you got a course as a library educator and you sort of really learned all these skills you did your research you built your connections with you know publishing houses with distributors before you even started the store as such right so i am very curious about what this entire process was like and did you know from the get go that what you wanted to do was create a start a bookstore and why a bookstore Uh yes I I did want to start a bookstore from the beginning I'm also very excited by libraries especially free libraries <laughs> but uh it's uh it's something that that I hope to do more of in the future uh so before I actually started uh this uh, before I started Chapika I used to work as a wildlife researcher and conservationist that I spent 10 years 
writing grants and and you know trying to get money to do the kind of work I wanted to do and I mean everybody has different experiences but I after 10 years of work in this field still wasn't able to do what I wanted to do <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, it was a great it was I mean I I love that and I I love what I've done before and I, I hope to pick it up again uh, also but uh, which is why I wanted a store which was self sustaining so I wanted to have a bookstore which i mean of course we put in all our ideas and create this space that we think really needed to exist which we felt that there was a niche for and 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 yet it sustained itself like uh, i i want to be able to pay good salaries to all the people who work for us i want to be able to and just based on the fact that people like the books and buy them so it was important for me to at least start this as a bookstore uh with the ideas that we had uh so that it sustains itself over the long term that that was uh, what i really wanted so i did all of these things but i was really not prepared for the first year so i don't think you can be prepared for what it does in the first year and the pandemic so uh, i i've also learned uh, uh, much more about finance than i knew earlier for example there's all these yeah. concepts that we keep throwing at but then there's also the business side of it that i've had to learn the hard way uh you know how, how if you want it self sustaining how do you keep it self sustaining <laughs> and and uh, we've had this uh, wonderful community of people who supported us from the beginning it's something you can't you really hope that happens but you can't expect and i was so happy and so grateful to these people who come and support chapaka and all these oh, i think when people think of a bookstore they only think about the books but there's so much more that you know you have to figure out such as like you said finances even inventory right sales is something as simple as keeping the place clean right yeah so <laughs> so what does a day a working day in your life look like i mean pre pandemic what did it look like yeah, <laughs> yeah pre pandemic we were going at some crazy pace i don't know how how now that i think about it i don't know how we managed it we were doing a lot of events but we were so excited in our first year to have this space to have all these people there so we were doing two events a week almost and wow. uh, we're a tiny space and uh, uh, so i mean a typical day would start i i did a lot of uh, finance and accounting and expenses and reordering and all of that and we also uh, ran a small cafe at that time so there was a lot of work that went into that we uh, there was a we had almost uh, 10 people at that point we were 10 people working together so there was like daily meetings and pep talks and how to keep everybody happy and positive this <laughs> <laughs> all of that and and i mean there was the best part that uh, all of us enjoyed the most was talking to our customers and recommending books uh, whenever we could and then we were always planning for the future so the subscription program is something that we wanted to start earlier but again we started planning for it 6 months before we actually launched it so yeah. uh, uh these were hectic days but nice days <laughs> no they do sound great and you know uh, talking about the pandemic so 2020 obviously has been such a tough year for bookstores right especially yeah. sort of brick and mortar bookstores because again you had to be closed during the lockdown people couldn't buy physical copies and you did adapt so for you know like when you're talking about your subscription model so that was something that is a, is um very new you know and very unique and very exciting i mean to me i find it very exciting because i love subscription boxes of any kind i'm a sucker 
for subscription boxes and obviously yeah. like when it is books and when it is so curated and you know it feels very personal it feels very uh, well thought out very meaningful so uh, how did you come up, come up with that idea and what is your sort of plan with these subscription boxes so again it was something that we wanted to do for a long time uh even when we started but we didn't have the mind space to actually put it together then and when the pandemic hit we realized that we better really put this together uh, quickly if we want to survive this but it is it is one of the projects that gives all of us uh, joy it's it we put a, we read all the books we have we we have meetings where we talk about why this book and why not this book and and uh, we write notes with each of the books that go out we also you know get if there are some unusual publishers on board we ask them to write a note to our subscribers there have been books that have been out of print that have been reprinted for this so that is so uh, it's so exciting for us it's it's uh, and uh, uh, at some of the discussions that we've had like the end of month discussions that we have with the author or the translator uh, or the editor also sometimes have been the most a uh, personal and fun and and intimate discussions that we've had about books before so this project has given us uh, a lot of joy and i hope it has given that joy to our customers as well who are getting these subscription boxes so it, it it's it's been a wonderful uh, uh, journey for us and it really did help us survive the pandemic like we uh, we were not getting any income more or less until october yeah and and it was uh, uh it was people i mean people who bought the first set of subscription boxes especially had no idea what they were going to get so i'm so grateful <laughs> to them that they trusted us i think now your subscription plan is focusing more on translations as well right so i think you're bringing back again that the diversity element that you were talking about by focusing on translations by focusing on sort of that aspect of indian books right Yeah so this whole year we decided to go with translations again it was so niche and I was like what are we thinking i hope to buy it <laughs> but it was really nice because what we do is every month we have a uh, uh, indian uh, one month we have like indian books and one month we have international books and and uh, we made it a point to have indian books from different or different regions of india uh yeah. some of them have been out of print books some of them have been books that have just come out and have not even hit the market yet so uh we're trying to ensure that our our customers may not have read these our readers may not have read these books uh, before they're not the obvious choices but they're very good books no it sounds very very exciting because you know as someone who again i feel like translations aren't something that uh people in india speak a lot about or aren't something that are very uh sort of easily or readily available or people talk about a lot as much as i think as much as international books to be honest so mm-hmm. as a reader i have also you know uh, struggled to sort of find translations or figure out even if i want to read translations what to read you know and whether that's indian languages whether that it's international translations so when the pandemic hit you know because um Champaka has sort of managed to I mean I think has managed to stay afloat and has managed to sort of take the pandemic in its stride and you know figure out how to adapt to it where a lot of bookstores have struggled so how was that like for you you know when the pandemic hit and the process of sort of figuring out how to adapt I think I think everyone has struggled uh, with the pandemic in different ways even people who've done well in the pandemic have struggled in different ways <laughs> so so I think what we did initially is we launched our gift vouchers 
uh, and that was very useful because it really helped us pay rent uh, April and May. I, I'm not joking. That is what I paid my rent with in the month of April. May. We're so new, we had no buffer. And in May, uh, we stayed up almost every night and set up a website. So by end of May, we, we actually had an online store, uh, which we have improved every month as we've gone along. Uh, I, I don't see this as... Um, as something that we had a choice in. I feel like we had we had such, I mean, we had so little buffer because we had just opened that if we, uh, uh, it would have been a privilege to not do that. I would have been happy to just sit for a few months and wait for things to come back to normal, but I didn't have that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we really, we, we did everything we possibly could to stay afloat and that's how we have stayed afloat. And all of us, to be honest, We've cut down our staff. We had to shut down our cafe. We've done many things that have been very painful for all of us because our team was something that we built over the year and we've gotten very attached to. Um, yeah. And uh, we still meet them. And we when before, like we paid them salaries for three months and then tried to find them jobs elsewhere. We tried to do the best we could, but it was still very painful to let go of people. And uh, uh, And now, even now, after all these months, it's uh, 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 there are some three of us now, and we're all uh, quite exhausted <laughs> by <all laughs> the last year. But everybody is everybody is exhausted by the last year. It's not uh, it's not been uh, this thing. So I think we did we did the best we could, and I'm glad that we could do it. And it was also only possible because so many people supported us. But have you seen sort of a big shift in book sales or in any other aspect during the pandemic? Or because of the pandemic? Uh, yeah, again, uh, these are probably not overall patterns because we are such a small store ourselves. But for us, it, uh, book sales really picked up from October. So October, November, December have been good for sales. Uh, initially, when we opened the store, June, a lot of people bought books in June. And then there was like a slump for a few months. But it, it was enough to... I mean, we survived and touch wood, that's what, and the subscription happened. And, uh, but yeah, they picked up uh, in October, November, and December. And, and, and the online store has been uh, interesting for us to see because it's, it's very different from recommending books in person and selling books in person. Uh, we still recommend books. People still call us all the time saying, you know, uh, my friend likes this. What, what will you recommend? So we do that all the time still, but it's still quite different from, uh, selling books in store and it's very exciting to see that our books are going all over India like they're going to Orissa and Bihar and UP and, and West Bengal and Bombay and, and MP and Chennai so many books are going to uh, Tamil Nadu and Kerala and, and it's it's like oh we're finally reaching other people outside <laughs> so that's been nice for us to see also yeah because I think you know uh you have said so much about how the focus is on building this community, right? Or building this space. And then you were doing that in Bangalore. But how has it been different doing that online? So after the pandemic uh, hit in March, we've been doing only two or three events a month, which is quite a lot because I feel like there's so much this of this Zoom fatigue happening. Yeah. So they're online all the time. <laughs> there are just events happening everywhere. Yeah, so we've just said, okay, we'll, we'll do fewer events, but doing only two or three a month. Uh, and uh, and the subscription has also enabled us to speak to people and send books out to people all over India, and so has the website. 
we're still I I'm not a digital native like a lot of people are uh, like Nirika again who works with me she's much more comfortable forming online communities so we're still slowly figuring out how best to do this but people write to us and that is so exciting like we get a lot of emails from people either with good feedback bad feedback with people just writing and saying I love this thank you so much and and I that that has been absolutely wonderful like receiving emails from people sometimes people just send us like bookmarks or it's like oh here here is a is a book for your next event or here's a here's a thing i made for you whether you know, if you see our champaka tree at 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 the store there are little friendship bands on it and there's little paintings that people have given us and and all that is is really wonderful too but that is so wonderful and i find that so cute that they send these paintings or friendship bands or all these different things to sort of to sort of show their appreciation or you know that token of i know like you're building these relationships with people you're building this relationship with readers and with the community which i think is so so interesting so on a personal level what has the pandemic been like you know for you as a leader um i think yeah i i i think that people uh as a reader it it has been up and down i think for everybody uh and i don't think anyone should be ashamed of how much they are reading or not reading or whether they are finishing a book or not finishing a book i think we have enough to worry about in general yes. so whenever anyone asks me oh i'm not able to get through this book i'm just like put it aside and read this something else that you might like you know don't uh, don't stress about it um uh, i've read a lot during the pandemic but of course there have been months where i barely finished uh a few books but uh reading is is very comforting to me uh and and Nirika also who works with me and we both read a lot and we recommend books to each other and we talk about books all the time so it is very comforting to me uh i also read a lot of uh um uh, this this year i've read more crime than before it's been one of my projects <laughs> which has been quite uh, interesting I read a bit of. Uh, I just finished reading uh, Margaret Atwood's Hag Seed, and uh, it's 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 very nice. It's 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 not. Uh, I also read her Oryx and Craig before, and and I was disturbed. And I was like, I'm not reading the second book in this trilogy yet. I'm going to get back to this later. But Hag Seed wasn't like that. So that's a retelling of the Tempest, and and uh, that was very interesting. Oh. And I've really found a lot of solace in books that uh, have resolution. it's not something i needed before but now i seem to feel like okay please resolve yourself let the story resolve so this yeah like please give me a concrete ending and don't leave me sort of wondering what happened life is bad yeah. as it is so this carmen maria machado and her short stories they she doesn't give you any resolution so i had a hard time finishing that book they're fabulous <laughs> writing but there is no resolution in those stories but uh so it took me a while to get through but uh, it, it's been yeah it's always fun to read these books <laughs> oh i agree i've also been reading a lot of thrillers this year yeah. i mean in 2020 because i do usually love thrillers but i find myself going back to like agatha christie to like those very sort of classic yeah thriller comforting, yeah 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 very comforting and i I've started reading more fantasy, which I have never done before. So I think definitely there is an element of wanting to escape reality <laughs> and everything that's happening around us for me as a reader. But you know, as a curator, you have 
I mean, so much influence on people's reading tastes, right? And reading choices. So what are your influences and how do you decide which books to read next? Well, thank you. I've never thought of Champaka or myself as an influencer. (laughs) In the uh, sense that you're a curator, right? So you, I mean, have some influence over people's reading choices because they do, I mean, the people that come to your bookstore, for instance, right? Like they do look at your books and they think, okay, these are the books that I want to read. That's true. Uh, One of the greatest pleasures that has, uh, uh, I mean, living in Bangalore has been for me is uh, having access to bookstores like Bookworm and Blossoms. Uh, yeah. They're giant, beautiful bookstores who, since my college days, I've always just gone and seen what's there. And, and I read the back and I spend hours browsing. And uh, <laughs> um, that's how I used to decide what to read then. And we're very lucky still to, I mean, Bangalore is really lucky to still have these bookstores here. And uh, uh, so, I mean, of course, people who didn't want to spend so much time reading those books, uh, reading, spending hours uh, going to these stores, uh, had a different problem, <laughs> but I enjoyed this very much. Uh, so th- I, that's how I used to uh, choose what I wanted to read. And, and friends, like talking to people and saying, oh, this is what I'm reading, this is what you're reading, what, what should we be reading? Nirika, on the other hand, is very on top of, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, blogs and 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 uh, articles and what is coming out and she advises me quite a lot on that and uh, then th- I have a friend who's very very well read and when it comes to history and certain types of non-fiction I always go to him I was like what have you read and what is so exciting what should I read now where should I begin so I think talking to people and having that community of readers around me and uh just seeing and reading a few pages of the book. So anyone who ever comes to Champaka, I'm always telling them, here, these are the books I recommend, but sit down on this table and read two, three pages of all of them and see what you think before you buy them. Because that's the best way to choose a book. No, that's great. Because I think word of mouth, even for me, is a big thing. Like, I love knowing what my friends are reading. Like, talking to people about why they like certain books and what they liked in a book, you know, sort of brings out that passion. And I love doing that to people. Like I love, you know, having these two, three books that I absolutely, absolutely love. And I go and I sort of talk to each friend about it and I hound them till they go and they read it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they love it and come back to me saying, thank you for forcing me to read this book. You know, I've done that with uh, Frankenstein and Baghdad, which is also a translation. So <laughs> you should. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll do, definitely. <laughs> So yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, what I want to know is what is your idea of a good book? Like I don't like books that are uh, moral or preachy, whether for children or for adults. I don't like books that are pretending to be like I'm pretending to give you a message or that have, all books have an agenda, but 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 an agenda that I don't, I don't, I don't want, like, if the agenda is to tell, tell me a good story, that's a great agenda. But if your agenda is to <laughs> talk to me about some politics that I don't want to talk about, then that's not a great book. Even good nonfiction, you always read with knowing what the, what that person's agenda is. Yeah. But, but certain books don't do it so well. So 
other than that, I think what is a good book changes over time. So of course, good language is important. Clarity of thought is important. Uh, uh, and, and then whatever comes out of that. Certain themes are very, uh, that I always, you know, uh, go towards. There's an honesty in certain, uh, in writing that, that that's very enticing to me. So uh, yeah, other than that, it all depends on my mood and the year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree. I think, you yeah. know, about the agenda thing, because I also don't like books where um, they're sort of either moralistic or didactic in the sense that, you know, they're telling me this is how I, you should feel about something. Or, yeah. you know, this is how uh, you're supposed to react to something. And I, uh, I appreciate books where things are more open-ended where there is space for me to make my own, you know, like uh, judgments about things or make my own judgments about characters or what is happening and sort of think for myself. Yeah. So I love, I love those kind of books which really, really get me thinking and which yeah. challenge me, you know, like not just as a reader or an editor, but as a person where I'm suddenly like, wait, I have all, you know, is everything I thought about life been wrong all this time? I love those kind of books. And I those mean, are the books that stay with exi- Existential crisis. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and yeah, those are the books yeah. that stay with me, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what good books should do. You know? that they, they show you, whether it's fantasy or not, but they show you a whole different world and, and make you think and grow your mind and help you. Uh, uh, and then bring it also back to yourself because we have to relate to it somewhere. No, that's great. And you've also, you know, because you do so many literally events and collaborations. So I really want to understand how you organize these events. Like do publishers or authors or collaborators, like do they reach out to you? Do you plan things and reach out to them saying, hey, we would love to do an event with you? Like how does that process happen? So it's a bit of both. When we started, we were mostly begging people like, please do an event with us. (laughs) (laughs) And now... uh, Publishers do reach out to us and, and we have, uh, we do speak to some editors and, you know, we tell them these are the kind of events that we'd like to do and, and together we plan some fun things. Uh, we also regularly reach out to two people that we want to do events. Like we have our own series called Books for Now. Uh, those are entirely planned by us. Then we also write to international authors that we really like. Like we randomly wrote to Roxanne Gay and she agreed to be do an event with us. And that was like so fun and so sweet. And uh, we did go to Tiffany Sao and she agreed to do an event with us. Uh, she's an Indonesian-American author. So we, we regularly write to people and, and publishers also write to us. So now it's more of a collaborative process and how we do things. We've not done many workshops uh, this year, again, because of this Zoom fatigue that is going on. So, you know, uh, because you started this bookstore one and a half years ago and, you know, because we talk so much about... Uh, obviously during the pandemic bookstores have struggled but also there is so much conversation around bookstores and you know whether they're viable or not what is happening what is sort of the future of bookstores in India because you know we're thinking of Amazon we're thinking of um, people all the time saying that you know like Indians aren't reading anymore or reading isn't relevant anymore or no one reads books anymore so what do you think is or are some of the biggest um threats as such to bookstores, you know, especially independent bookstores? I, 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 I think to address what you said last first, I do think people are reading. 
I do think that reading is relevant to a lot of people. I do, uh, uh, we're lucky in, in Bangalore, but now also all over India that people are discovering uh, books uh, in different ways. Uh, there are many threats to independent bookstores though in India. And I think one of the, uh, again, this is my limited view from the last one and a half years, but uh, I think one of the biggest threats is the industry not coming together. There is not enough communication between bookstores and distributors and publishers and the people who are doing the marketing for them or people who are, uh, and our readers. Like, why are only the bookstores talking to the readers? Or why yeah. does Amazon have first access to books that independent bookstores uh, should have? Like, it just makes it easier for people to buy in different spaces. And uh, I think one of the biggest threats to independent bookstores in India is, is this industry not coming together, not having enough communication. And uh, I think, I hope that that will change in the next few years. Yeah. So, you know, this brings me back to when we were talking about, you know, uh, there being this lack of data or this lack of information or statistics about any kind of thing in publishing. And I think, you know, that's something that I keep coming back to because even if we talk about like this conversation today, right, or the conversations that I've been having with um, other people from publishing, I think there's so much about publishing that uh, is so secretive and is something that, you know, people aren't aware of as much. And I feel like if there was more conversations around it and more transparency, it would really help people understand what is happening in publishing, you know, and it would help people join the industry more. Absolutely. And the thing is, the industry as a whole has been undermined, you know, like if you think about who's making money, authors are not making money, booksellers are not making money, who's making money? Why is the whole industry undermined? And by who? Like, why are we not valuing this? Also, this is where libraries come in. Are we nurturing readers? Libraries are very important for the entire industry. And they disappeared from India. They, I mean, I grew up seeing so many more libraries than I see now. Uh, we're not nurturing our readers. <laughs> no, because I agree with you. Because, you know, yeah. as children, I feel like especially libraries are the first place where you get introduced to books, you know, and you start sort of reading and figuring out what kind of books you like. Like for me, it was my school library. So definitely libraries are something where you can reach out to new readers because it's also a space where there are so many books available that are in that sense free to read because you know even though we think of books as this very like lofty amazing artistic uh, thing they do cost money and money can be such a big concern in terms of yeah. who has access to books and who doesn't absolutely and with our population going more literate we have to introduce a joy for reading that read, you're reading for pleasure. You're not just reading for literacy or you're not just reading because you want a job. And how will you do that if you don't have access to books? Yep. So I think uh, there are many things that we can do. And it's exciting if we do manage to do them. You started a bookstore in Bangalore, which already has such big bookstores. You know, like you mentioned, it has Blossom. And it also has spaces where which are like a bookstore come event space, like Ata Galata. You know, and you created your own space in that same city where these spaces already exist and you've managed to hold your ground and create your own niche within that. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and I think Bombay and Delhi also have some fabulous bookstores. Yes. But uh, I mean, I, I, I grew up in, in Bombay and whenever I visit my family in, in Bombay, I, I make it a point to go and visit all of these other bookstores and, and buy from them. And, and similarly in Delhi. And uh, uh, But I mean, it'd be wonderful to also uh, see if these bookstores could be viable in other cities and, and smaller towns in India. It's, it's something that doesn't exist. Uh, yet and uh, yeah but as of now I mean there's space for many more bookstores and and uh, if we support each other mm-hmm. and if, if we find a way to talk to each other within the industry and I think there's a lot to do it's very exciting no definitely because I've seen sort of yeah. these kind of spaces or bookstores em- uh, emerging in Pune or you know obviously yeah. Calcutta has yeah a huge literary tradition so there are definitely bookstores there and they are Absolutely. really really amazing but yeah, I think, you know, if we saw bookstores of these kinds in smaller cities, I think that would really also bring that love for reading into those cities, you know, and really create that so. joy, like you mentioned. So what's next for Chambaka? For, you know, the coming year or for, I don't know, the next five years with the pandemic and everything else? I think I'm... Uh careful to make plans now because the pandemic <laughs> took all my plans and threw them out of the window. <laughs> so, uh, I think in the immediate future, I just, uh, we want to grow our collection. So we're working on that. Uh, we want to uh, do better what we're already doing for in the next year or so. And after that, we'll see. We have lots of exciting plans, but let's see how they plan out. <laughs> Yeah, so we also got, we started a library last year for children under 12 years and we do we also run free programs in schools here. So we want to expand on that. We want to do more of this library work for children under 12 years. We want to grow our collection for adults. Uh, it's something that we've always done. Like we're slowly growing our collection as, as we grow older because as we have more money to buy more books, uh, we want to uh, do more events and conversations with authors that are not traditionally uh, sought after or looked after but are fabulous uh, on their own Uh, we want to um, uh, yeah like I said better our subscription program Uh, so this is the year to consolidate and and do better what we're doing (laughs) that sounds great and do you have any advice for people who either want to plan on opening their own bookstore or want to enter the publishing industry in some way so if anybody does want to open a bookstore, then I recommend uh, to get to know their finances before they do it. <laughs> Please know something about accounting. Don't be as dumb as I was. <laughs> but other than that, I'm a very systematic person. So I just made a list. I was like, okay, I need to know this, 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 and this. And then I went and did it. And then uh, I uh, we uh, and also have a great support network because that's, that's what makes Champaka what it is, this the number of people who've come together to make this happen. And if seriously, if you want to open a bookstore and you want to get in touch with me, I'm very happy to have a conversation with people who want to do that. So always open for that. (laughs) I think that's great advice because I think that's something that people struggle with, which is how do you reach out to people, right? Like, can you just randomly email them or like text them on social media and say, hey, I want to do this. Can you help me? So I think that's great advice. Just take a chance. I did get snubbed many times, but I also got really good advice and I continue to get good advice from these people. So I think uh, 
definitely reach out to people. <laughs> Great. Okay, I have a couple of like last questions for you. So these are more sort of fun, rapid fire type things. So just if you could answer them quickly, if possible. Okay. Uh, best and worst part of running a bookstore. Uh, best part is uh, all the books I can swim in, and uh, <laughs> worst part is uh, accounts. And I love that for the best part, it's not reading the books; it's swimming in them, because I reading think. Also. <laughs> <laughs> no, but especially because you said swimming, because I think you know we read so many like. we read so few of the books that we actually own or buy or have around us that i think swimming is more realistic that i can like keep all my books around joy. me and just swim in them <laughs> just the joy of having all these books around me i go there i feel less anxious in life i think <laughs> <laughs> that's great and if not this what would you be doing with your life or your career Oh, maybe I will continue with wildlife research and conservation. I want to do uh, libraries a more full time, and somebody will give me money to do that. And <laughs> I want to, uh, uh, I, yeah, I have many, many fun things that I want to do in my life. I do crochet, so I want to start this. Uh, oh, that's interesting. Crochet initiative in the future. Like, uh, I have many ideas. <laughs> so this is not a pandemic thing. The crocheting. This is a. thing that you have liked from before the world so, yeah, turned upside down learned how to crochet when i was working in spiti and we were working with the women there so i learned how to crochet uh, there and uh, I, before that i didn't realize that i could do anything with my hands i was never artistic <laughs> or anything so this was like wow i can do this and and i've loved it since then so that's been me currently with music i decided to learn the ukulele But yeah, I think that was my last question. So Radhika, thank you so much for doing this and coming here and answering all my book questions. Uh, thank you so much for making this so fun for me. <laughs> so that was Radhika Timbadia talking about how bookstores and libraries are essential for building reading communities and how the publishing industry really needs to come and rally together in order for all of these players, including bookstores, to survive and to grow. This series is brought to you by Bound, a company that helps you tell your stories. You can find us at Bound India on social media and you can tune into the video version of this series on our YouTube channel. You can also find our range of online classes including the fiction writing one on our website. And if you want more details about the publishing industry, you can download our free research document on demystifying Indian publishing. and the links for both of these things are in the description below thanks for tuning in to the book people i hope you enjoyed this episode i'm aishwarya and i'll be back next week with another guest and a new question to answer until then keep reading